know, stories circulating social media with, you know, the the fake lake in the middle of the Miami Grand Prix that looks so photoshopped. It the fact it's not photoshopped blows my mind. Welcome to the DRS Zone Podcast. Daily racing stories. Holy mac and cheese balls. The show that shares stories on and off the track from Formula One, motorsport, and beyond. From guests who probably know more than you or think they do. No, Mikey, no, no, Mike. That was so not right. Can you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? Listen to stories well known. Stories well known. Lesser known. Lesser known. And never told. And never told. With another episode of Daily Racing Stories today. Now, here's your host, RJ. Wow, that was absolutely epic. That is the new DRS Zone Daily Racing Stories podcast opener. Hope you enjoyed it for a small monetary investment. I really thought it was actually going to increase the production value of the show. So there you have it. Anyways, we have a new race coming up this week, the Miami Grand Prix. We will have an episode launching later on, talking a little bit more about that race, some predictions, and we'll have more content to come. But anyways, I thought today would be a great opportunity to actually go over the past week in Formula One. And I'm not talking at all about the, you know, stories circulating social media with, you know, the the fake lake in the middle of the Miami Grand Prix that looks so photoshopped. It the fact that it's not photoshopped blows my mind. Anyways, what I'm talking about though is the stories surrounding Formula One and motorsport that happened this past week, but years previous. So let me explain kind of what the concept here is. We obviously know there's racing stories that happen every single day with social media and everything like that. We also don't always, as fans, take time to recognize what happened on this day years previous. And I find as myself, being a new fan of Formula One, it's kind of part of my job, especially as a host of this podcast that more or less forms as a form of cheap recreational therapy, to enlighten others about what's happened in the past with Formula One. So we'll take you through the last week here in Formula One, history related. We will also have a little bit of crossover as well. Just because it's the Miami Grand Prix coming in, I would be completely remiss if I did not throw in a little bit of NASCAR history as well, even though I am not the biggest NASCAR fan. Anyways, short and sweet, nuts and bolts here. Let's get into it. On April 25th, 2001, Michelle Alberto passed away testing an Audi R8 sports car for the 24 hours of Le Mans. He started 194 Formula One Grand Prix, winning five. After and during his career it ended, he actually wrote for the Italian edition of Formula One Racing, now known as GPR Racing. On April 26, 1937, Jean-Pierre Beltuis, I'm sure I butchered that, I apologize, was actually born though. He started 86 Formula One Grand Prix. He won only a single one at Monaco in 1972. 
During this time, he actually was racing for BRM. In case you are curious about BRM, the BRM F1 team is British Racing Motors. It's a Formula One team that is no longer in existence. It was founded in 1945 based on the market town of Bourne in Lincolnshire, located in England. Participated from 1951 to 1977, the British Racing Motors team competed in 197 Grand Prix and won 17 during this time. Moving forward to April 27th of 1908, Count Carlo Felice Tarossi was born. Tarossi was actually a good friend of Enzo Ferrari and president of the Scuderia in 1932. He won the 1947 Italian Grand Prix and the 1948 Swiss Grand Prix. He also financed the 1935 Tarossi Monaco front-wheel drive air-cooled 16-cylinder Grand Prix car. That is a tongue twister, but if you see this thing, it literally looks like one of those airplanes you'd see someone from like a small farm town kind of take over their field that's what the front of this car looks like it's nuts i will be sure to post a photo as well moving forward on april 28th 1991 senna powered his mclaren to imola for a victory he passed ferrari that pros had actually spun out on the warm-up lap and if you are looking for I don't want to call it a good laugh but this as a highlight it is well worth the watch if this something like this happened today I think all of our jaws would pretty much drop and our crossover connection here with the Miami Grand Prix coming to America we are actually gonna pay tribute to Dale Earnhardt who was born on April 29th 1951 if he's alive today he would be celebrating his 71st birthday he is a seven-time nascar winston cup champion he's got a lot of aliases mr restrictor plate the man in black the count of monte carlo and most famously the intimidator take a look at through some of his photos dale earnhardt's serious face it's not hard to see why people call them the intimidator and paying tribute to some more drivers here as well on april 30th Ronald Ratzenberger actually ended up losing his life at the Curve of Villeneuve during qualifying at Imola back in 1994. Those who were around then, I'm sure, maybe remember that moment. I, unfortunately, being born around that time, was not alive. But uh, nonetheless, rest in peace. Your memory is not forgotten. We're going to move forward here as well, not to get sentimental, but it's hard to mention Formula One without thinking of Senna a lot of times. I myself, again, was not alive when Senna was driving, but it was only three years and one day later on May 1st in 1994 when Senna lost his life at Imola. And there's a lot I'm sure it could go on about, and there's a lot of research out there as well when it comes to it, but... Um, with this just being a short and sweet nuts and bolts type podcast here today, the two things I would say to let help keep his memory live on. One, shameless plug. I mentioned it before. Senna on Netflix. Really good documentary. That 
got me more insight into who Senna was overall as a person, regardless of how it was edited or anything like that. It's not Drive to Survive-esque, I can promise you that, if that's what you're worried about. But great documentary to watch. Also, another great um, just take through of what Senna's life was like in some of his final days, uh, made by perspective, actually, uh, YouTube account. I will post the link in the bio. Also does just a great short, um, I think the video is 12 minutes long, just going over Senna's life. So rest in peace, Senna, as well. And that takes us to today, May 2nd. And on this day, May 2nd of 1976, at Jarama, the Jarama Grand Prix in Spain, the Tyrell P34, the six-wheeler, was raced in a Formula One Grand Prix for the first time by Patrick de Pelaire. I probably butchered that. I am so sorry. D-E-P-A-I-L-L-E-R. Just going to spell it out. I know I butchered it, but we're trying here. His Tyrell teammate, Jody Schestker, was still in the old four-wheeled 007. However, Patrick qualified P3, but ended up DNFing. This design here blows my mind. Six wheels in Formula One, I think, is pretty hard to comprehend. It's also hard to say, apparently, in a 10-minute long podcast episode. But anyways, it is pretty cool to see that that concept was, you know, placed at some point in Formula One. It didn't have a place in Formula One, ultimately. However, literally happened on this day almost 40 years ago, 36 to be exact. So that's all we got for today from the DRS Zone Daily Racing Stories podcast. Hope you enjoyed this short, sweet, nuts and bolts episode. We will have more here coming up this week. Take care, everyone. Enjoy the rest of the week, and we will see you on Sunday for the Miami Grand Prix.